I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. For you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in seven I or eight seconds? I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one could stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracas. Today I'm joined by Dapo. Dapo, how are you, bro? It's me and you today, man. Pause. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. How are you? <laughs> you didn't need to say it like that, bro. <laughs> bro it's 10 o'clock in the night. Bro. This the, kind is... of, the kind of friends we have, yeah, you can't be too careful, bro. <laughs> bro it's 10 o'clock in the night. You can't be saying that type of stuff, man. Pause, yeah. pause. Yeah. Uh, but we had a like a packed week of fights, I mean. Um, like we discussed last week, there was obviously the Thursday fight with Shakur and then a couple uh, British cards um, on Saturday as well. And then next week also, we've got um, a big stacked card, which I think, because we're going to do, obviously we're going to do a review show um, in December, the end of December, when the whole year's finished, like reviewing how the year went, what the best card is. And I think next week's Benavidez Andrade card is something that we're going to discuss. That's that's up in terms of contention for card of, year, card of the year. That's really up there. It's really high up there. So there's lots to talk about, um, and I can't wait to get into it. So let's let's get straight into it. Obviously, on Thursday, it's a bit. It's not fresh in our minds, but at least we've had some time to digest it. Um, mm-hmm. If you have digested it, I mean, it wasn't a fight that really stuck with stuck well with most people. So obviously, Shakur Stevenson um, fought Edwin De Los Santos uh, on Thursday, Thursday night. So for us, it was like Friday morning um, for the vacant WBC lightweight champion and yeah it was a stinker i mean in total in the 12 rounds both of them together if you combine their landed punches together landed 105 punches that's that's like that that's not a lot of activity if you watch the fight which we did hard to stay up during the fight i actually stayed up that fight as well that's crazy yeah i stayed up but it was like it was so there was nothing going on in that fight fight beforehand was way more entertaining way more Navarrete versus Conceição, which ended up in a draw, which I was yeah. quite surprised with, but it was a very good fight. Yeah, I gave it to Navarrete. Yeah, I slightly gave it to him. I thought he did yeah. enough, especially with the two knockdowns. But yeah. I thought there were some rounds he was um, giving away. He was. He should have closed out, uh, yeah. but maybe it's because he was tired. He did look tired as well in that fight too. So, but and also if you go Navarrete, I've always tweeted on the pod uh, on the account that. He's a very entertaining fighter. Like it doesn't matter, even if he wins or loses, he's gonna entertain people. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to go after that act because people are already entertained, mm-hmm. and then your fights are just gonna be le- probably gonna be less than that. Yeah. But this was, I mean, worse I, than less. This stunk. Yeah, it, it stunk. I mean, from the first 
couple rounds, you saw Shakur was very tentative against De Los Santos, and fair enough. De Los Santos looked very twitchy, like a quick, reactive fighter. He didn't look as polished with his work, but physically, he looks like he can. He's very quick, and he can, he, like, he can touch you with his power, um, and and that made Shakur wary. But a lot of the times in that fight, <coughs> Shakur wasn't committing to a lot of shots, and he wasn't committing to counters. I thought he was there. It was there for him to take the opportunity, and yet he just backed off more than enough. Um, obviously, the, there's the thing that comes out that Bob Aram said he hurt his um, hand. So people are saying he, he was injured going into that fight. And that's fair. I mean, um, there's no excuses. Don't get me wrong. If he's, if he's injured and that's how he fought, there's nothing much you can do. But because he's injured and he took the fight and he didn't pull out, you still have to rate his performance and see what, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to say what his performance was like and say how it is. He took the fight injured so we have to take it out is we can't just say oh he's injured so that's why he looks the way he did um and it wasn't a good performance it doesn't do well for his brand because remember we've said before Shakur, the reason why Shakur's fight fighting De Los Santos is because a lot of guys don't want to fight Shakur and also there's not a lot of incentive to fight Shakur he's, he didn't have a belt at the time he um he's not a big draw like like he doesn't you know sell uh like thought like you know he's not gonna make you millions in pay-per-views just yet and this was a fight where if he got a stoppage and he looked really good, he could have done well for his PR, especially because it's on a Thursday night. It's harder to sell on those nights. Mm. But it it went the worst possible way for his own rep. Yeah. And when you're looking for those big fights, this just gives people another excuse not to fight you because you looked horrible. Mm -hmm. You don't sell well. Mm -hmm. But the one thing is he's got the belt now. He won the fight. I don't know why a lot of people thought he lost. I thought, I thought it was a closer contested fight, but I just didn't think... It, I think both of them didn't do a lot, but I didn't think, I think yeah. De Los Santos did less. Yeah. Especially as the fight went on, De Los Santos was doing less and less and less. And less he and won less. the fight, but he didn't win. Do you know what I'm saying? He just cruised, yeah. cruised the win, basically. Yeah. And because the other guy well, definitely didn't win. So it's like, who's. It's, it's funny, though, because like the guys in the in the interview, like, oh, I beat him. He came for a track meet. Um, I'm above his level. That's why we call him this. Like, you're talking all this, but when the fight happened and you like you weren't pressing the action a lot as well, like well, you can get Shakur. Yeah, we could get into Shakur, but he wasn't himself doing a lot. So I'm like, 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 what would you want? Like, mm -hmm. you didn't do your, you didn't do yourself a favor with that performance either. So like, no one's coming out of this going, oh, Edwin De Los Santos, he did all this. Like, it, it was a stinker from both of them. So there's there's nothing that both of them can look look at and go yeah that that was we can take that away from the fight i think what shakur nelson needs to look at look i've got the belt try to force some fights you know what you know what pissed me off mm -hmm. after the fight cambosos frank martin these man stuff. Yeah, that pissed me off because these are all guys that he would he would wash and these yeah, are guys yeah. that have stocks in it's yeah that's that's why that's why. i don't care if it's, if they'd lose to him or whatever i don't care like you can talk your shit fair enough you can't talk your shit if Stopped him like he was meant to fight you, and you said no. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. that WBC belt is literally in the rankings. They went to Cambosos, he said no. They went yeah. to Frank Martin, he agreed, and then and he pulled out. Yeah, crazy. That's even worse. Are you pulling yeah. up? So like, it's just like, like with no injuries, just pulled out. No, I don't want to fight him, bro. Just chatting bears and then not doing, not backing it up, like not like going and fighting him. Fair enough, but with Shakur. The last, the worst thing I, I heard him say in the night, even worse than his performance, was he he's going to take some time out of the boxing. Obviously, like he's going to take a bit of a break out and come back. I don't like the fact that he's fighting twice a year, especially against you. Look at the level of position he fought this year. No, Yoshino and De Los Santos, they're decent opponents, mm -hmm. but they're not opponents that are hard fights mm -hmm. in the sense that they're not these big level fights that you need to take like. Uh, 16, 18 ring camp for, you know, it's a big fight, whatever. His rep is, isn't that high in terms of his stock and how much people are investing in him. He should be, if he's fighting guys like Yoshino and Dennis Santos because they can't deliver the big fights, then get him more fights and be more frequent. That way he can build his rep and the bigger Did fights will then come. Due to any like time frame as to how long he must take his break for, or anything like that. I'm not sure, but um, we'll have to see in the next couple, like in the next. Because like, I don't wait past these lighter guys, like. A year could feel like five years, bro. Like you're in your prime right now. Yeah, I feel. I feel. I feel like he he'll probably come back in like minimum June. Okay, like the longest. 
but that even then, I don't want him fighting twice, like three times. He'll probably fight twice if he does that, yeah. Yeah, like get your hand fixed, whatever injury you did have, and he probably did have an injury. It's not an excuse for his performance, but he probably did have. Fix that, and then get back in the ring as soon as you can, and say to your promoters, I don't know how long he's got left in his top rank contract. I think it's coming up soon next year. But go is to this the last, his last fight on top rank. No, no, I think he's got one more. Okay, I think he has one more. Go to the promoters and be like, look, I want to fight this person. If you can't get me this person, like, for example, Lomachenko or Cambosos or a Haney, cool. I'll fight these three in terms of, like, mid-level opponents. I want to keep getting out there and keep building and keep building my profile, getting wins, and then putting myself in a position where no one can say no to fight me. Like, if Shakur collects some of the belts, Tank will have to fight him because Tank can't go anywhere else. Like, that's the division you want to be in, lightweight, then you have to fight Shakur. Same thing with Haney. Like, if you want to come back and get your belt now from WBC from the WBC, you have to fight Shakur. Like, mm-hmm. those fights have to get made. But what were your thoughts on that performance? And what do you think? Yeah, I still watched that. Um, I think it was very obvious. <clears throat> it was very obvious that Shakur wasn't like 100% from my perspective. Um, and I, I am inclined to believe he has had probably some problems in um, the build up to this fight. So maybe injuries or whatever um, and I know that going into a fight you don't want to take too much risk especially when you know it's not like a, a fight with like tank or something do you know what I mean you just want kind of just want to get through this fight so you can get the bigger fights so I kind of understand the tentative performance from from Shukur and he's made later comments to like saying like you know he hasn't people have said that he felt quite scared and he hasn't I saw a comment online and he kind of didn't dismiss that notion and said, oh, my opponent fought scared as well. So that just tells me that he was aware of the risk that was in front of him and he didn't want to engage at that level, um, which resulted ultimately in a, quite a very boring fight. Um, and it doesn't do much for his name, stock, and, you know, it's not a performance you come off and it's like, okay, I want to see him in there with this guy and that guy. That's not how I felt coming off that fight. And obviously what we talk, spoke about on, the, on last week's pod, you know, we really wanted him to be able to show out in this fight to build up to the, to, 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 to the potential other names in, in, the, in the division. So, yeah, not a great look. Um, and, you know, it wasn't a particularly exciting fight. And I feel like it was, it was even more difficult because the fight that came right before it was a great fight, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, like that. If you swap those two fights around, that felt more like a main event fight than the Shakur fight. Um, so yeah, not 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 great. But I do hope he gets healed and he sorts out whatever you know aches and pains he had during camp, and we can get a fresh, a fresh um, ready Shakur for whoever he takes on next. Because I still have stocks in him. I still believe. He's one of, if not, you know, the most skilled lightweight we have right now. And I do want to see him in there with some of the other big names as well. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think everyone echoes that statement. The one thing I didn't like was the reaction from bare people after mm. the fight. I felt like it was an overreaction. Like Very, yeah, massive overreaction. Like People like... It's, it's, it's weird in boxing because he didn't lose. Do you know what I'm saying? It was, a bad, it was a bad day in the office, but he didn't lose. And I feel like that in itself, you have to have, you know, uh, a level of skill to not be 100% and not want to take any risks, but at the same time, be able to nullify your opponent to a point where he doesn't want to take any risks because he knows how good you are. Um, and yeah, it, it ultimately leads to a boring fight, but it's like, you know, that doesn't take away from everything you've done so far. And 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 some of the fans are so like I see I saw a lot of people say like ah oh, you know I told you he was all overrated and stuff like that and it's like he didn't lose do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now this is yeah same thing I feel like he's had two fights now in his career where they've been complete stinkers and I remember, and I've stayed up for both of them so it was a tough thing. 
even mm-hmm. I'm not overreacting the way some people are, but it's mm-hmm. it was the Nakatila fight and then also the this fight as well, where yeah, it was low volume, yeah, low volume, didn't land much, went the 12 rounds, didn't do a lot, and there was a one there wasn't much action in that fight. I was seeing people go, uh that's this I don't want to see Shakur fight again. Um he's he'll get washed by Haney and Tang. <clears throat> Etc. Et it's a bad reputation to have, though. No, but then you go. The funny thing about these lawyers, you go through their tweets because I'm that type of guy. I won't call it out, but I'm trying to look at some people. Mm-hmm. And I, I went through their tweets and I was like, I saw them say Shakur would school tank or Haney. I just switch up. Boxing. They just switch up so quickly, and that's yeah. why I, I like the reaction from Shakur. He was like, for no excuses, whatever, cool. But like, yeah. I don't care about no fans, nothing like that. Where it comes to. Look how quickly they switched up on me. So. They'll probably switch up on you quick. Yep. Quick. So that's what I didn't like was like, fair enough, the fight was, wasn't was good. Like, I agree. The fight wasn't good and he has to hold that. But the way people switch up, like, oh, he's not this, this is that. He, 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 I don't want to watch him. I don't want to watch him ever again. They'll watch his next fight. That's the thing. They'll watch his next fight. They'll be there. It's just they're overreacting in the moment for no other reason. And people are acting like they paid for it. Like, it wasn't on pay-per-view. It's part of your ESPN. If you're in America, it's part of your ESPN um, subscription. And if you're in UK, it's part of your Sky Sports subscription. So you didn't pay for it. You didn't lose money on it. If people went out to the fights and they lost, fair enough. Those people I saw in the crowds walking out. And that's fair. They can be angry with the fact that they lost their money. But that's fighting. Sometimes you get a good fight. Sometimes you don't. Same thing with sports. Sometimes you get a good game. Sometimes you get a boring game. But you don't see people getting pissed off about a boring football game. But that's because of... It's more frequent in it. Like, okay, the, this game's boring, but next week is going to be another game anyway. With boxes, is less frequent because obviously you fight like maximum three or four times a year if you're that active, even. And that's what people take take away. So he's got to work now on changing that narrative, and, and they need to get him a fight. I feel I don't know who they're going to get him in with because I know Loma and Cambosos are going to fight sometime next year, early next year. They're sorting all the details for that out. So I think that's confirmed. Not almost, but getting to being confirmed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Tank, I'm not sure who he's coming back against, but it's not going to be a big opponent. Um, Haney's not coming back down. I just, I don't think that's ever happening. So there's guys like William Zepeda, um, Frank Martin, if they want to look back at um, that... Um, Avenue again, but do they want to? Because considering that you know he ducked the fight, I'm just going to look through the WC rankings quickly, see who's his next. So there's Martin, there's Lomachenko. So Lomachenko probably out. There's Isak Cruz, but I doubt Isak Cruz would fight Shakur. I think again, him, he's waiting for a tank um, payday again. And then beyond that is Jermaine Ortiz and Muratia. So yeah, I, th- I think I think I feel like I feel like the next opponent for Shakur won't be as big as we expected it to be, but I feel like it'll be a better fight for him. He'll look better. But I'd, I'd I'd say I'd say I think it would be Jermaine Ortiz, the guy that um, made it a tough night for Lomachenko once when he came back. I feel like that's the fight that they'll go for next because I don't think any other options are going to open up for them. But we'll see in it. Shakur, I mean, we have. It's a, he needs a big, big fight. Like he, he's had good fights, you know, Valdez, Herring, Conceição, but he needs a big name now. So we'll let's see how he gets on with his career. Um, speaking of young people, we're going over back to the UK because the UK we actually had a good week of fights. Um, we had good names in there, and there were some good fights to watch. Um, so we'll start off with obviously Adam Azim stopping um, Frank Pettijan f- to win the EBU title. Um, in his only 10th pro fight, which is a record for uh, British fighters. It's the fastest time in which which a British fighter has won a um, European title in his career. The record was held by Spence Oliver, which is 11 fights. Adam beat it with 10 fights. Um, Frank, the fight, the guy he fought, Frank Pettijohn, on paper wasn't good. 
And I said, I've tweeted on the pod more times, I think this is prime for Azim to get a stoppage here. Frank's not really that, um, he doesn't hit that hard. He's not quick. He's got a lot of volume, but level-wise, he's there to be hit. But if he knocks him out, he's only been knocked out by one other person, I think it was. So it's a good statement to make. And I think he did make that statement. If you watch the fight, I feel like he was more patient, fought behind his jab well, um, hitting the one-twos. The one frustration I had a lot of the times was sometimes he was standing a bit too tall. Um, Dal says, what's happening, lads? What's happening, boys? Uh, um, we're good, bro. Just getting through the fights, uh, the big fights that we had. Not big, but the good fights that we had this week. What's happening, Dals? And then, so he wasn't, so he's doing one-two shots, which fine, he's good at doing. But with a guy of his hand speed, and he's quite quick with his with his hands, especially against that level of position, I felt like he needed to commit to throwing a third and fourth punch to his attack, like a second mm -hmm. phase, more quicker. You in see that a, bit more, more, a bit more variety in his punches as well. Yeah, I think I think sometimes he loads from too far out with a, like a hook, and when he misses, he misses wildly. Right. And these opponents, you're fine to do that because they're not going to make you pay like that. Mm -hmm. And it's there for you to kind of test yourself, like mm -hmm. test what you can hit against or what you can't. Fair enough. Um, but he did start to do that as the fight sort of got into the middle round. So we into seven, eight. So there was an idea that um, there wasn't, there was a, um, I felt like there was a plan of like making the fights, you know, pacing yourself because this is his first 12 rounder that he's been scheduled in. So he kind of paced himself, didn't really let the, you know, get into the third gear or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when he did start to let his hands go on Peter John, he was he was really getting to him. I think there was I forgot what round he dropped him in the first one. I think he dropped in the, the first knockdown he dropped him with was a body shot. Mm -hmm. And that was again when you add the third punch to your attack, he um landed and dropped him with a good left hook to the body. Yeah in, in the fifth. Mm -hmm. Good left hook to the body. And I thought he could have got him out within the next two rounds there. But fair enough one second oh he won in the top he won in the 10th round so i mean i need to change this <laughs> he didn't win in the ninth round my yeah um and then again in the 10th round again just letting his hands go found a good uppercut um Pejan wasn't like knocked out but he just had enough because throughout the whole 10 rounds just all azim beating him up just, just doing all what he wanted just doing whatever he wanted and um it was it was a fight where, like I said, on paper, it's meant for him to get the knockout, but it's also meant for him um, to boost his PR because getting a European title within ten fights is such a like he's the fastest British fighter to do that. No one's done that as quick as him. Fair enough. He's not fought a guy that's European level standard. I agree, but he's got the belt now, so it's easier now to sell his his appeal because one thing about casual fans and, and azim is a guy you want to sell to the casual fans is a belt even if it's not a world title if they see a belt they're intrigued oh what's this guy how good is he he must be good because you've got a belt in boxing so mm -hmm. if you say european champion and then think oh he's on his right uh, come up let's see how he is um but i think all in total i'd give his performance uh seven and a half out of ten i thought he was getting caught with a couple shots there that if a harder puncher caught him with would have caused him a lot of trouble standing mm -hmm. too tall in the pocket at times, keeping his head on the line. But um, his offense, I thought, was really good and how patient he was and how he broke him down, the, the maturity of his performance, where he wasn't, he's not like one of those flashy guys that just throw everything, the kitchen sink at a guy and expect him to get knocked out. He was more leveled in his approach. It was better than his Fanyan performance. I think Fanyan, he was looking for that one knockout, but here he was more patient, waiting for the, the opportunity to arise. So it's an impressive performance for him. And I think, the next fight for him um, will be the actual European champion. So I think that will be a bigger test. It's, I think that will be in February. That will be a better test. I think same thing. I think he will stop the guy because I've seen the guy's record. I've seen a couple of his fights. Again, nothing X-factor about him. Like no hard punches or fast or anything like that. But he should be able to be a bit more... He's undefeated and he'll be a bit more testier than Petijan. But what do you think of Azim? Yeah, um, so... Those that joined us last weekend, you know, I feel like the performance aligned with our expectations a bit. We didn't expect him to do better than um, his last performance, which is good. I thought overall the performance is good, and um, it's always great when you can get a stoppage. Um, and yeah, I feel like Petrajan was definitely there to be here, and he was he he, he 
he was there to be kind of styled on by Azim, but I'm happy that Azim didn't take that approach to it and actually fought a leveled and controlled fight rather than just trying to like look really good and, and, and do things that he probably didn't, he wouldn't normally do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because he all those rounds went to him, like it was all him, it was all Azim for the majority of the fight. Um but I didn't I didn't think um like you said, I didn't think his you know um I I, I did see some um uh, pain points in his in his in his in, his, in, in, in this fight, which I hope they can watch back and kind of work on. So I definitely agree with like the, the, the third punch thing you mentioned. Um, and he was heavily reliant on one too, and how he managed distance as well. He does stand up quite tall, um, and he can be susceptible, susceptible, susceptible to um, certain kind of punches, especially when he's throwing and missed that one too. You know, coming back out, susceptible to like a lot of counter counter punching and stuff like that. So I do hope they review that and and um, his next performance they kind of work on it. But even on this fight, you can tell he's worked on things from the last performance, and that's that's kind of all we can ask from our our, our prospects, man. Like. Continue building, continue working, review your footage and try and get better. I do feel like he's definitely taken some things abroad and, and worked on that. So, like, the, the patience was there. Um, and like I said, he got the stoppage in the 10th round. And before the stoppage, he got a knockdown in the fifth, right? Um, yeah. I think overall it was a good performance. And um, it definitely, he definitely did what we were expecting from the last pod and what we hoped. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully he can just build up from here and then finally capture that European title yeah I feel like he's not a guy you can fast track but like mm. take your time with him time build with him, him yeah. up properly get the tests in see mm. how he fares with the different levels slowly and he's only it's mad he's only 21 like he's very young with this and 10 fights in he can have another 10 fights the thing is obviously they're going to try to push him as this big star so they might try to fast track him I'd say the best thing to do is keep him going and make sure he needs to make sure because a part of his selling point is the is the knockouts. He really needed a knockout here because the last two fights he didn't get a knockout. So he needs to keep building, keep improving. And I feel like I'm not sure yet whether or not he's a world champion level fighter, but he's definitely in my eyes, I think he'll definitely be a European level at this point. But he's got to show some improvements. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel like I think his next fight's in February. Sky even said they'll probably meet in Sky, uh, Sky Sports even said they'll probably meet in February. He'll, so he'll meet the guy who actually held this belt and then vacated it, um, Enoch Paulson. So I think that fight again will be good for him to develop. And then if he gets a knockout there, you can just keep building from that, whether it's a domestic level route he wants to go through or if it's just building through world, through decent names at world level. We'll have to see. But good, good things to come from Adam Zeman. and keep a watch out for him. All right, uh, let's move on then to the other side of the UK. So this was in Wolves, go to Manchester, where uh, we had a big uh, stacked show um, where we had Nick Ball and Isaac Dogbe basically being the headliner, but Nathan Heaney and Denzel Bentley was the last fight because Heaney's the ticket seller. Good domestic fights all around on that card. I think it was a great card um, in total. Like It, it delivered there were a lot of upsets. Um, Eku Esselman lost his British title to Harry Scarf. So that's a big upset. And then another upset that happened to there on the, the big the big fight for that night. Nathan Heaney uh, gets outworks Stendhal Bentley to a decision and got, gets a majority decision over him to become the British title holder. I don't know if he has any other, but I think he's Commonwealth as well. Commonwealth as well. I just have to check that. Um, but on the performance, what did you think? Um, Pepper? I feel like Bentley fought the entirely wrong type of fight. Um, and as we said in the previous pod, um, on paper, these two are on the, shouldn't be on the same level. And I was genuinely expecting a stoppage from Bentley, stop, for him to stop Haney. Um, but it almost felt like Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. He came to this fight knowing that, so it was almost like he felt like he had enough time in those 12 rounds to just land his shot and, and, and get him out of there. And I feel like that ultimately was a big reason why he lost. Um, and I don't feel like he fought a very disciplined or calculated fight. Um, I don't feel like he was just focused on, on actually just winning. Like, you know, they say, like, just focus on the win, and if the knockout comes, take it. Yeah. I feel like he 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 fought the other way, and he was just fought and won up Sky out. And yeah, definitely, I definitely definitely think he might have looked past. Heaney and thought this was like a walk in the park. Um, and yeah, it's, it's 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 a shame really because um, I don't feel like this is this is not a good look. I don't feel like Ben should be losing to Heaney. I feel like he's better than him in all sorts of departments. So it's very it's very unfortunate. But congrats to Heaney. You know, majority decision. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure he's very very happy, very proud of himself. And he he came to win and he won. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, yeah. Overall, disappointing performance. I'm disappointed in many disappointing performance, but I really do hope we can review review the fight and really work on certain things because, um, like I said, I don't think Bentley should be losing to Haney. Yeah, um, I agree. I feel like watching that fight, it just felt like too much that uh, Bentley was looking for that shot to put him over with. And he has got that power. We, we've seen Bentley, he's got power, but you can't over-rely on a knockout to come. You can't just keep expecting it to be there and not really set up. And that's what I was kind of disappointed with. I thought he wasn't setting up the shots well. He had a good jab when he was using it, and but he for a majority of the fight, he wasn't really using it to push Heaney back to get, you know, to cut. He wasn't cutting off the ring well. He was just looking for that one right hand that he thought, if I land this, he's out and that's it. And because his last fight when he fought Kieran Smith, he knocked him out in the first round. And I think that kind of put into his head that I can knock out anyone, you know, in the first, the, wherever way I want. And he's a good fighter and he's spent the last two years building himself back up after that Felix Kash loss. He lost to Janabek, but it's Janabek. You can't really knock him for losing to a guy like Janabek. That's the world champion. Um, but he built himself well. He had good domestic level belt, uh, belts that he won and he won well. But he just felt in this fight he looked very poor, and he's gonna he's gonna look back at it. I think because in the fight it seemed he he kind of seemed like he thought he won, which I understand. When you're in a fight, sometimes you don't think um, you lost a fight because you know he probably thought Nathan Heaney wasn't hitting me with hard shots anyway. I was hitting him, whatnot. But I felt like he that that fight was just getting away from him bit by bit. And he didn't make many adjustments in that fight, and I've just felt that that's that was what the what was the killer approach was it wasn't just his game plan, but it was the persistence to stick to the same thing over and over. And he was just getting rounds taken away bit by bit. Heaney, I'll I'll, I'll I'll admit he put in a better boxing performance than I've ever seen him put in, but even then, I just didn't think it was it was enough for me to warrant an upset, if that makes sense. Like he got the upset because like he, he, he obviously outboxed and outworked Bentley. But there was nothing special I saw in his game that I'm like, oh, this guy is another contender at middleweight. Yeah. And obviously Frank Warren now looking at uh, giving him a world title shot in Stoke. Fair enough, because you know, a guy like that, and the thing about Nathan Heaney, the reason why he gets these opportunities is because he's winning fights, but also he's a big ticket seller. You saw the crowd. Like these men are singing the hell out of everything. Race, they were probably racist as hell, but they were singing the hell out of everything. Like, as a very hostile crowd, but um, mm. and that's the type of crowd he can attract. Like, you know, he can sell and attract a big crowd. And obviously, he, he probably does deserve a world title shot. Um, because if you're being realistic in terms of his level, rather than put him in with a world level opponent, put him in in the world title, give him his dream get some money from that and then make your and then you can move on from there because if he loses he doesn't lose much stock Heaney if he loses to Janabek. Um but for Bentley yeah, it, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't enjoy that performance at all because I, I knew you could you knew that on paper this was a mismatch. Even though Heaney's undefeated, 
he's never fought anyone near Bentley's level. He never fought anyone near that the people that Bentley's fought. Bentley was the better boxer, not in the fight, I'm just on paper. He's a better boxer, he hits harder, he's fought better opposition, he's fought, he's fought to a level that much higher than Heaney. And he just didn't show it on the night, man. He was just looking for that shot to put him out with, and it was disappointing. And like you said, I, I'm, I'm, I, you hope that he's going to come back and rebuild from this. But it's a hard loss to come back to because he is not an opponent that he should be really losing to. It's, it's his worst loss. Yeah. Worst yeah. Because with Janarek, fair enough, he's the world, like I said, world champion. Felix Cash got that knocked was out. 50. In fact, more favorable to Felix Cash, really. Yeah, but and he got knocked out. So like, there's, there's, you know, with the knockout, it's not like it happens in the moment of that round. He was, I think, I, I still think he was losing that fight, but it was only three rounds anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, it was like he he lost a lot of the rounds, mm-hmm. and that fight was just getting away from him, and he didn't change anything. And that's what I think. Just in terms of not only just name, but just the way he lost, I feel like it was also bad because he just didn't adjust to anything but adjust, yeah. look we hope he can come back from this he's a great fighter he's a good fighter and that's the kind of thing that separates you know world level guys being having the ability to adjust in a fight when it's not going your way yeah. and although this person this opponent was obviously levels up below you it's you, you should be able to show that ability when it's not going your way that, that was an opportunity for him to be like okay cool might not be winning this fight but i'm good enough to change things up and he just didn't yeah but we hope he comes back um we know he can he's come back from losses before and built himself up again um he's only he's only um 28 still got a lot of time left in the sport um but yeah just reevaluate things what went wrong in that fight why he didn't um click um what in the fight itself what went wrong like from the corner from himself in terms of assessing that fight while they're in a fight um and he just yeah just got to come back from from nathan heaney uh yeah world title shot next because get him his shot opportunity give him the big show and then get him out there and then let's see how he does in that performance he won't win a world title i'll be honest you janet beck will probably cook him like differently but like i said you got a guy that you know realistically on paper is kind of weak but he can sell if you can get him a world title fight get him one see how he does and then bring him back down to the level and do what you can with him so fair enough and then also on that card, Nick Ball shows his class when he beat um, three-time world title challenger. I don't think Isaac Dogbo's ever been a champion. He's been a challenger, Isaac Dogbo. Um, in what was... Oh, no, he was a champion, actually. Yeah, Isaac Dogbo was a... He's a former... Um, oh, he's a four, he was a former super bantamweight champion. But he's a three-time... Uh, he's a two-time uh, also featherweight champion title challenger. Um Isaac is the type of guy who can go in against the champions at featherweight and really give them a tough fight to think about. He's only lost to Navarrete and Robisi Ramirez. And those names aren't like just champion level names. They're really good names. Those are like at that level, really good names they lost to. So Nick Ball was coming up against a good opponent um, on paper who fought at a higher level. He's um, also tough. He's, his boxing's at, at quite a good level as well. But I think Nick Ball did what he needed to do and he looked really good in that fight. Especially when you don't get a knockout. I, I, the knockdowns, I think, were controversial. I don't think either was a knockdown. Um, so he was very fortunate, Nick Ball, that he got one and he didn't get one called on him. But he really bullied Dogbo. He like, he pushed him around, threw him around he, in the clinch, getting using his forearm bullied him and then was just explosive and catching him with many shots and he kept a consistent pace throughout the whole fight so i was really impressed with that and to do that over 12 rounds against a guy like isaac dogbe which i would argue he won better than most other fighters have um other than navarrete i think he won better than ramirez did this year um it's a really good statement to make like look i'm here i'm on the world stage level i'm, I'm coming for the titles next um, the one thing I'd argue, though, there was a lot of moments I saw that um, Dog Bay was uh, catching him with a lot of shots that I think if it was a harder puncher, it really could have put um, Nick Ball in trouble. But in total, good fight. It's a good experience for him because that was his best opponent that he fought. Um, and the world title's next. 
The problem with the world title is he's 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 so he's the WBC mandatory. The WBC champion right now is Ray Vargas, and the interim champion is Brandon Figueroa. They're gonna fight each other at some point. The problem is Ray Vargas has had one fight every year, and the same thing with Brandon Figueroa. So they're not gonna fight till next year. When they do fight, their next defense won't probably be until the year after. So Nick Ball will probably have to wait until 2025 till he gets his WBC title shot. So that's the only issue he's has now is does he wait or does he just go for another title shot? Or does he go for another title route? The best thing I say for him to do is have an easy fight in between and when the, until they get fighting. Once their fight is done, get your get Frank Warren to press the WBC to get that fight to happen. Because these men take the piss. They're PBC fighters. So they sometimes just fight once a year and they're done. So he can't afford to have that happen to him and be waiting until 2025 to have his uh, world title fight. So, But very good fighter. I think people he's going to get a lot of people tuning in. The way he fights, he's built like a tank and he fights like a tank. Um, so he's got, he's got his future is going to be interesting to see. What did you think of the performance? Yeah, ever since he punched up Tyson Fury's cousin, I, like, <laughs> Bro, I enjoyed that boy. Yeah, I've been keep trying to keep my eye on him, man. It was a good performance. And like you said, I feel like this is going to draw in some more fans for him, man. And I can't wait to see what he looks like in his next fight. Um, yeah, I think overall, you know, um, like you said, he just bullied Dubbo. He just bullied him. And just, yeah, he just bullied him. And it's so funny, like, watching a man that small just bullying up a fighter, you know. He's but, small, but he's like thick. Yeah, big pause. Big pause. His traps are huge. I see people calling him like Mini Mike Tyson, and it's not they're not far off. Like yeah. they're not far off at all. But yeah, he's an exciting fighter, man. And I feel like this is a kind of fighter that as us Brits should kind of get behind, you know. Uh, even if he doesn't like reach like super odd level or whatever, like you I can tell that he's gonna give us some really good fights and some really exciting fights. So I can't wait to see how his career pans out. And um, yeah, I enjoyed that performance. I enjoyed that win. Um, in fact, I would say... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I I think this was the most enjoyable fight I had through this weekend of of of, of boxing. Um, maybe that one and the Nazareth and the and the um. I'll say so, Nazareth. Fight those two fights I really enjoyed. But yeah, man, well done, Nick Ball. Yeah, man, world title chance next for him, but he's got another get that properly, man. That's the thing about boxing, it's like. You can get to the world title shot, but then imagine like I just won in November, so mm-hmm. I'm next for the world title. Fair enough, I know I'm second in line, mm-hmm. but I could be potentially be waiting till 2025. Peak, long man. It's it's the WBC man. Their politics are bad. But speaking about the WBC, this their rubbish politics. We've yeah. got, we've got a super. I think a super card next week. I was talking about the start of the pod. Um, David Benavides takes on yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. One of the best cards of this year, probably the best card of the year card. on yeah. paper right now. Well, we have to see how it delivers. That's one thing about card when we rate a card, you also have to see how it delivers when the Bro, fight Andrade is finally fighting someone on his level. You know, this is you know, it's crazy. He's a he's a two weight world champion, and this is his this is his first ever fighter that he's fighting that's held a world title at some point in his career. Crazy. He's never fought a, a world. I always consider, even if a fighter has won a world champion and lost it, he's a world champion. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. you were a world champion at one point in your career, then you've been your what you're always a world champion. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. so he's never fought a world champion level boxer. That's insane. Until, until this week, and I, I don't know, how many fights is he he's in? He's in. A, he's been in a lot of fights, and that's the thing. Like the he's fact that clubs, Andrade, he has. Yeah, the fact that you he's thirty two and zero. He's been fighting, I think, since 2008. Toughest fight is, what's his name? Liam or Luke or that, that guy? Liam Williams. That's his toughest fight. Yeah, probably, yeah. I don't know anyone who's fought that's better than him. 
on paper. Yeah, Liam Williams also made it a tough fight for him as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the fact that you're a two division champion, you've been you've been pro since two thousand and eight, so mm. almost fifteen years, and you still and he's never fought a world champion. Mm-hmm. But he's finally getting his dream. He's finally getting his wish. Um, obviously, David Benavides is defending his interim title, interim, mm. um, because you know the WBC they glaze Canelo, they're big mm. so they don't care about ordering Canelo to fight his mandatory. So they're like, they're like Benavides, you can like you'll keep your WBC, and, ben- and Benavides is like cool. I don't, I don't know why, but I think after this fight, he'll definitely push for the Canelo fight. I think no, he he's because he's fighting dangerous people. <laughs> Yeah, but I think his promoters probably told him if you beat Andrade and Plant, this Canelo fight becomes ten times bigger because you beat legit opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's he he has a good resume, but now this like really stacks his resume well, uh, especially in build up for a Canelo fight. So there's a lot on the line for both fighters because Andrade also wants Canelo, and Canelo really never fought him. Mm-hmm. Canelo got famous of Andrade, but he never fought him. Remember, you aren't payday, you aren't payday. Mm-hmm. So. That whole debacle. So Andrade's been looking for this big fight his whole career, mm-hmm. and you see in the press conference he was so happy. He was like, "I'm on pay per view. I'm on pay per view." He's like, "David Benavides. I'm on pay per view finding David Benavides." He was like, he was very happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that doesn't reflect in his performance. That mm-hmm. it's not. I'm happy to be there. It's a. I want to take everything you have right now. So. Because that's the thing about this fight. That's so int- That's so intriguing. Is. Andrade is coming here to take everything that Benavides has. The Canelo title shot, the Canelo shot, the world, the interim title, and also all the hype that he has. Right and now. we haven't seen if Andrade fights up yet, if that makes sense. Like, all of his fights, because he's been fighting such lower-level opponents, yeah. because he's bad performances, it's just like, because he's fighting down. Like he's fighting at a, at, the, at a person's level. Yeah. But now we have someone that, it's a 50-50 fight, really. Um, we don't know what he actually looks like because some fighters, when that pressure is put on them and they end there with someone that's live, yeah, we can see the best Andrade ever or we can watch him get punched up. It's so intriguing. It can go so many ways. Yeah, and the thing about Andrade is, quickly touch on him is, was, um, here is that uh, since an amateur, everyone's been chatting about him. I've been listening to the Port Way podcast, brilliant podcast by um, Sean Porter. And obviously, yes. Sean Paul has been in the amateurs for years. Obviously, you know, these men came through the amateurs, did all the thing. I mean, Sean Paul even fought Usyk in the amateurs and beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about how in the amateurs, like Andre was like a legend, like a myth mm-hmm. at that time. He was beating everyone, touching up everyone. Like mm-hmm. he was like the guy at, mm-hmm. uh, um, in the amateurs and put a fought him and beat him, but only because he listened to someone else that beat him. Mm-hmm. Like he was, it was so hard to beat someone like Andre. So when he came pro, um, everyone was thinking like this guy's going to achieve a lot of things when he comes to um, the pro game. Mm-hmm. It's been 15 years since he's been a pro, and I feel like he's really underachieved in his career. And that's Massive. a lot considering that he's a two weight world champion, mm-hmm. um, but it's only been the WBO belt. And he, again, if you look at his resume, this is how in boxing you can become a world champion. Is like you don't really have to fight the best level guys. You can fight a sort of world, not even world level, like mid-level fighters and navigate your way through it. Mm. But for him, this is what this is the culmination of his like his life to boxing, basically. Like the biggest fight in boxing right now is Canelo. Mm. Doesn't matter whoever it is, you fight Canelo, that's the biggest payday. Everyone's talking about that, whatever. Like mm. Fury Usyk, for example, big fight, but it's because of them both. Canelo sells on its own. Let's be real. He sells on its own. When he fought Charlo, he sells it. He can sell it on his own. Even if he fights a guy like John Ryder, 50,000 in a Mexico stadium, he can do that. So Andre has been looking not only to beat Canelo, but to get that pound-for-pound recognition he wants, but also to get the recognition in the world that he wants. That Look, I am actually a really good boxer. My skills are really that well, and I can beat everyone on the on my day he hasn't shown that yet and like you said he's always been fighting down if you look at a lot of his fights he even constantly drifts a lot in fights because he's not fighting the level of opposition that he mm-hmm. should be fighting and i always have this theory when you have good level fighters that are really good if they fight mid-level opposition you'll see 
after a couple of years, they will become that mid-level opposition. I've seen it. It's not just boxing, I've seen it in It's true. Yeah. It's like, you see, you know, that Ben Askren guy. Mm-hmm. When he was at one championship, his wrestling was really good, but he was fight- he wasn't fighting top level guys like Bellator and what this is MMA by the way. He's yeah, fighting yeah. Bellator and whatever. Then he retired. But in the in the prime of his career, he wasn't fighting guys that really tested him. He fight he was fighting guys that he could easily wrestle and beat. That's how he became mid. Yeah, and then he came back after a while and he was just dead because he just didn't have because he was always fighting that level. He never knew what the top level was. So when he came in. And he got absolutely destroyed by everyone in in the UFC, and they got rid of him. You agree, yeah. So the same thing here. I feel like Andrade. There's two ways. Like you said, there's two ways he could go. He could show his level, or he could show that he's been fighting the mid-level guys, and it just doesn't translate here. But stylistically, I think he's got a chance. He knows how to box. He's got a bit of power behind his shots. He's not just a pillow-fisted puncher. He's got Mm -hmm. some power that will keep people back. He's very crafty in the ring. He's a good tricky southpaw to deal with. Um, the problem he's gonna have is his is his activity level. He hasn't fought a lot. He's fought once this year before, but before that he wasn't active in fighting. So before he fought Nicholson in twenty in January, his last fight was in twenty twenty one. And again, the level not high. You're not really active with that. And he drift like like I said, he drifts a lot in fights. And if you're used to drifting in your fights, it will happen in the higher level fights. But it should, on in theory, it should also happen in your fights. And David Benavides is the worst guy to start drifting against, especially if you're winning. Mm. Uh, let me come on to David Benavides and then I'll come and then I'll ask uh, I'll come to you. Um, pause. Um, it's the pause pandemic. Uh, <laughs> look, David Benavides is a guy that I, I rate I rate highly, but the guy's 26 only, so it's crazy to think that he's only 26. He's already a two-time world champion. Um, he had a very good performance against um he beat the crap out of him like that was as that especially when it got to the rounds five or six all the way to 12. i always maintain this i think because of the referee david benefit not caleb plant saw the final bell because Mm. there was a lot of the times he was holding and the ref was allowing to hold and store in those moments where benavides was just bumping him up beating the crap out of him like that was a performance where i was like that's your standout moment right now like people saw you like obviously there was beef between them and plants only been stopped by um canelo Canelo, obviously but then caleb plant came back got that knock that brilliant knockout over um andre durell one of the brothers durell brothers and it was that you know that left hook knockout he was on a high he did the digging the grave celebration he was on a high and their fight was getting pushed well the beef and whatnot and he really put a stuck it on him and i feel like in this fight we might see that again the one thing i, I do get onto david about is his um is i would say he's not that professional when it comes to outside of fighting he's lost his belt twice not because of fighting but outside of fighting once was because he failed a cocaine test, one mm. test of cocaine, and the other one was because um, he was yeah, overweight. Yeah, so both, so and he was also overweight as well, right. like, scales for a fight. So he got stripped twice of his of his belt. So he should be the world champion that mm. Canelo had to fight to become undisputed, but he missed out that opportunity because he couldn't be professional enough. Yeah. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But he's a monster, man. That guy, I don't think his powers like knockout in the sense like one punch he can knock you out with it's just the accumulation cumulative yeah he just beats you up he just and that kind of power i feel like is worse for fighters man because you feel it even after the fight i would yeah. say like it can actually like damage your career them kind of just change your of, face yeah it just changes your face and then he really really sticks on thing but he can't what he can't do in this fight is allow ben uh, andrade to have 
one or two or three, four rounds easily. Mm. You have to make him work for it at all points of that fight mm. and really stick it to him early on and not try to rely on the judges to give you the fight. Because I think sometimes if you do if you do that, you can rely, you can sometimes run into trouble where you think the fight, you've won the fight, mm. and you didn't do enough to win it. If that makes sense, you need to have that respect early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he just needs to close the distance on Andrade and mm -hmm. just make it the most toughest, grittiest, uh, a real fire fight. And I think he will. I think yeah. my prediction for this fight will probably be he really sticks on Andrade, and then we'll see in seven, round seven to 12, mm -hmm. similar to the Caleb Plant fight, just sticking on him. Yeah. beating him up but i don't think he stops him he might get a knockdown mm. yeah, I think yeah, yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah it depends on the ref i always say with with, with benavides it depends on the ref because yeah. because a guy like android and plant they're crafty so they know how to hold store for time for example they know how to survive in there so it depends on how the who the ref is and how they work but i think he'll beat up Andrade. i think Andrade will put a better performance than caleb plant but will just end up coming short like he would just especially coming down the stretch We'll just be losing too many rounds, and uh, he won't be able to um, find what he needs to win that fight. Mm -hmm. But what do you think about this fight in total? I don't have much to say because you literally echo most of my opinions. But my biggest thing is just I just don't feel like Andrade's been fighting at level and fighting to win this fight. That's just it. I feel like yeah. Benavides is coming off a plant win, and look how scary he looks in that fight. Mm. Like, genuinely, right now, I just I feel like the, the, the person that's gonna give. Ben are the most problems on us for the Canelo. Outside of Canelo, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he loses to any of these guys. Um, and yeah, if Andrade pulls out, pulls it off, I will be really impressed because that will just then tell you he's one of those fighters who just literally just fights down um, because he has no performance where I can look at and reference and say he can beat this guy off this performance. Yeah. But never say never. Andrade is a very very slick guy. And he can cause Ben some problems, but I just feel like right now, Benavides has the momentum. And this is a fight that I feel like he could probably show out in. And he could, I feel like he could stop Andrade, man. Um, just on the sheer fact that Andrade just hasn't been fighting at this level. Ever. Yeah. I mean, not ever, but like in terms of like middleweight division. Like, middleweight, so, see middleweight. So, um, yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm predicting that Benavides potential late stoppage 10 to 12. Um, but I won't be surprised if it goes to point title. Yeah, it's a really good fight. I mean, that's that's a great fight in itself. And then mm. the card is very good. You've got Jamel Charlo. You mean Crooks? Why is the belt not on the line? What is that? That's just dumb. How can you be uh, a champion and your belt's not on the line? Yeah, so he's fighting Jose Benavidez Jr., which is um, David's older brother, um, at middleweight. So that's he's fighting a guy that's, yeah, he's fighting a guy that's never been a middleweight. Yeah. I think they're fighting at 163 pound catch weight. The WBC title isn't on the line yet. He's still the champion. So even if he loses, he'll still be the champion. That's insane. Um, and then they're not ordering him to fight the interim champion that they have, Carlos Adamas, which is dumb. But it's still, I think, I don't know. I have this sneaky feeling that I think Charlo should look good against Benavidez. Because mm -hmm. Jose Benavidez Jr. isn't that good of a fighter himself. Mm -hmm. And he's also now coming up like two weight classes outside of his natural weight class mm -hmm. to super middleweight if you want to say because it's 163 pound catch weight mm -hmm. um but i feel like because he's been out for like two years he's had all these problems in and out of the ring he thinks he's got roy jones jr so that will help him but roy jones jr isn't really a good coach to have mm -hmm. in your career, especially now if you're not looking good um mm -hmm. his last fight he was really tough against montiel um mm -hmm. i feel like an upset could happen there I feel like it could. But really? we'll I think he should win, but I feel like upset it might happen. I feel like Benavides could get the job done there. Okay. And a lot of people will be shocked. Do you know what? I won't even be upset or upset. I can't lie. Because I, I I feel yeah. like Charlo's taking the mick. Yeah. He's one of the worst champions right now, man. I just I can't I don't know how much to the I don't know how much blame to put on the champion and the organization, but just that link up it's with Charlo. It's just terrible, man. It's, it's it's not it's not Charlo too, because because you can take two years out of the ring. That's fine. It's the WBC. Mm. If he's taking two years out of the ring, you got to strip him. So he's yeah. not in the ring, not got the belt. So he has nothing. Yeah, then people not. would care. But that's the WBC for you. And then on the undercard, you've also got um, which I think is going to be the fight of the night. 
Um, Subria Matthias versus uh, Ergashev. I forgot his first name. But this is a 140-pound fight. So the same division that Teofimo Lopez and Haney is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing about this fight is Subria Matias is 19-1. and one. He, The one fight he did lose, he won again. So like mm-hmm. he rematched and he won. 19 knockouts. Ergashev is 23-0, and 0, 20 knockouts. That's crazy. Someone's getting knocked out. Percentages, bro. 86% knockout versus 100% knockout ratio. Like, That's bro, crazy. Yes. Someone's going to sleep. That's that's a fight. If if you're staying up for that, watch that fight on the undercard because that is a fight. And mm-hmm. as I've always said, if Matthias if Matthias wins this, which I mm-hmm. think he should, um, mm-hmm. it's a tough fight though for him to win. Mm-hmm. He's a really tough opponent that I think guys like Haney and Lopez will avoid. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll take him on. I think he I think he's a guy that maybe might not be as skilled as them, schooled. But beats like, and especially because he sits in the pocket at times. He he's very comfortable sitting in there trading shots, and because he knows he's going to get to people eventually, mm-hmm. uh, and he's building his resume up right now. Like he he's in. I, I stayed up for his 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 last fight, which is where he won the IBF belt. It was a brilliant fight because he fought thirty and zero Jeremiah's Ponce, who also had twenty one knockouts, which getting so that's a really good fight, and mm-hmm. he. In a real good five-round firefight, they they went out, and then Matias down the stretch to beat him up in that fight as the fight went on to the fifth round, beat him up and got him out of there. So he's on a high. Um, there'll be two fights for him this year against two good opponents. Like, really have a watch out for Matias, man, because if any of those guys, those big guys at 140, do want to take him on, tough, tough night for them, man. Really tough night. He could upset a lot of people, and I, that's why they're not talking about him. Because again, he doesn't bring the names, but he brings the punches. He could beat them up. So watch out for him. And then also on that card, you've got um, Hector Luis Garcia fighting Lamont Roach, so defending his WBA belt. Um, so that's going to be a good fight because I think Hector he fought, ta- you know, Tank fought in January. Mm-hmm. So he's going back down to his weight class, natural weight class, and defending his WBA belt. Mm-hmm. So I to watch. And then also, you know that kid, Kermel Moton, that everyone talks about, you know, the the one from Floyd's gym. Floyd's gym, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also fighting his second fight on there, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Uh, and then Sergey, you know, Lipinets. He's fighting Michelle, you know, Frank Martin? Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Martin got that big win over Michelle Rivera. Mm-hmm. So he he's fighting Michelle Rivera, so that's that's also a good fight to watch out for. So it's a good mm-hmm. card in total. I think I think that's going to be a good night to stay up for. But especially those first four fights that I was talking about, that's going to make up the main card of the pay per view. That's mm-hmm. going to be insane to watch. So what, if you're tu- if you're if you are staying up, that is going to be a great card to stay up for. So. Yeah, make sure you make sure you interact with us too, because we'll probably be tweeting live as well. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be up there. I'll definitely be up and watching it. So. Um, also, uh, so next week, what we're going to try to do is get everyone on because obviously this week, as you guys all know, we had the big Saudi um, announcements of Fury Usyk, Joshua Valin, uh, Wilder Parker, and we're going to discuss those in more detail. That's why we kind of waited. I didn't want to do all these in reactions yeah. and things in one go. I want to give that its own kind of platform. I think next week will be fine because mm-hmm. there are not many fights to really talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so we can get, we can dedicate a whole episode. I'm going to get everyone on, so tune in next week. That's going to be a big, bigger show. There's a lot to talk about, lots of rivalries to discuss. Some personal rivals, some personal rivalries to like air out. They're going to come to an end, finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. Uh, so tune in for that one next week, um, and watch out again. Keep interacting with us on Twitter at Ringside Fracas. We're also on Instagram, so. And I always post clips on there and predictions and whatnot. Although my predictions have kind of shit lately. Um, so take it how you will. But my thoughts have been good, but my predictions have been dead. Um because I thought... you predicted um the Conseil Is that his name? No, I said I said I said I said it was gonna be a tough fight for Navarrete, but I think he edged it, he would like like just slightly edge it. But I thought that's what happened though. 
just that yeah no, yeah but you can't go to it like for example if you're betting you can't go to the betting sure. place and go, oh yeah but, I, yeah but that's what happened is the draws a draw in it so <laughs> I, I got joe cordino right but at yeah. the method i didn't so i thought he'd get a ud but he ended mm -hmm. up getting a majority decision but i thought he was going to have some trouble in there because vasquez is very crafty so that mm -hmm. so so when i break down the fights it goes the way it expects it in terms of how it should look um mm -hmm. Shakur fight was the only one, but with Shakur, I'm giving myself a kind of lenient because no one really expected that performance, or else none of us would have talked about it at all if we really expected a performance like that. So mm -hmm. there's that. So yeah, follow us on Instagram at uh, Ringside Fracas and on Twitter um, at Ringside Fracas. Same thing. Um, get at us, interact with us, ask us anything. You know, tell us your thoughts as well of all the, all the fights and all the um, all the results and all the previews that you think and your predictions as well um so and also click subscribe um like comment if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening to us on spotify and apple podcast please give us five stars and tune in for the next one and we'll see you next week peace peace and I dedicated this fight, I wasn't going to fight, I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out, I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror, no, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander. I'm the best ever, there's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me. I'm from their cloth, there's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Sports Social Podcast Network.